Welcome to the Empire Files podcast. This is your host, Abby Martin. This is the audio of our show. You can watch the episodes on our YouTube channel or at theempirefiles.tv. Good morning, everyone. My name is Edward Ahmed Mitchell. I'm an attorney here in Atlanta. I serve as the executive director of the Georgia chapter of the Council on American Islamic Relations, here as part of our nation's largest Muslim civil rights organization. I'm here today with several civil rights attorneys and activists from Atlanta and around the country. We are here today with uh, Mara Verhaden Hilliard, the co-founder and director of the Partnership for Civil Justice Fund, Gadir Abbas, the senior litigation attorney with the National Office of the Council on American Islamic Relations, Islamic Relations, uh, our new legal director here at CARE Georgia, Mortiz Akwaja, and perhaps most importantly, filmmaker, activist, and journalist, Abby Martin. And thank you so much for making the trip to Atlanta. All of us are here today in defense of the First Amendment's guarantee of freedom of speech, including the right to engage in political boycotts. Four years ago, Governor Nathan Deal signed into law SB 327. This bill required that anyone who wants to contract with the state of Georgia for services worth more than $1,000 sign an oath pledging that they will not boycott the Israeli government. That oath applies whether you are a substitute teacher who wants to work for our public school system, whether you are a construction worker who wants to build something for our state, or whether you are a journalist who wants to speak at a state university. If you want to do so and your contract is worth $1,000 or more, that law says you have to sign an oath pledging that you do not and will not boycott the Israeli government. This law was nearly identical to laws passed in over 20 other states. All of these laws are designed to punish people who participate in the boycott of the Israeli government over its human rights abuses against the Palestinian people, and also to coerce others into not joining the boycott. Now, even though this law passed in Georgia back in 2016, people spoke up against it. Civil rights groups obviously did, and so did prominent members of our state legislature, including then House Minority Leader Stacey Abrams. They noted what we know today, that this law is blatantly and hilariously unconstitutional. Every American has the right to engage in boycotts. This is constitutional law one-on-one. Imagine if during the civil rights movement, the state of Alabama passed a law saying, if you want to work for our state, you cannot participate in the Montgomery bus boycott. Imagine if during the fight against apartheid in South Africa, uh, states passed laws saying, if you want to work for us, you cannot boycott the South African apartheid government. Those laws would have been irrational, illegal, and unconstitutional, and so is Georgia's law. We know that, and Abby Martin knows that. Today, she's going to tell you her story of what happened when she was invited to speak at an academic conference at Georgia State University, uh, Georgia Southern University, the oath they wanted her to sign, why she could not sign that oath, and what happened to her when she refused to do so. It's great to see all of you here. My name is Abby Martin, A-B-B-Y-M-A-R-T-I-N. I'm a journalist, documentary filmmaker, and political commentator. On February 28, 2020, I was scheduled to speak at Georgia Southern University. I was to be the keynote speaker at the International Critical Media Literacy Conference. I planned my work and life schedule around this event months in advance. 
As the conference date approached, I was told that I must sign a contract pledging to not participate in boycotts against Israel. Knowing this was a violation of my constitutional right to free speech and right to protest, I informed them that I could not sign such a contract. I was then canceled as the speaker from the conference. As a journalist, I have reported extensively on Palestine, U.S. and Israeli violations of international law, including many on-the-ground reports on the illegal military occupation and human rights abuses for over 10 years. I recently directed a documentary called Gaza Fights for Freedom. It advocates for the boycott divestment sanctions movement. Through its political, military and economic support, the U.S. is supporting egregious human rights violations violations of several UN resolutions, the Geneva Conventions, and more. All of this is not up for debate. The BDS movement exists to mount pressure against Israel to stop these atrocities, similar to the grassroots movement that brought the end of apartheid in South Africa. But advocating for Palestine or criticizing Israel was not the topic of my speech at Georgia Southern. I was scheduled to give a talk as a journalist about media and media literacy for this, I was being asked to contractually pledge loyalty to a foreign country. How could I comply with this request? Was I supposed to delete and destroy all the copies of my film that I had just released because it advocates BDS? Was I supposed to remove all video reports on my company's websites of all the interviews I have done about my reports on countless news outlets because they advocate BDS? Of course, I should not be expected to do these things, simply to work in the state of Georgia. I want to explain the two reasons I felt compelled to pursue a legal case over this incident. First, my work as a journalist involves speaking about the stories I've covered at universities and public venues. It has been my career for over a decade, and this event at Georgia Southern was just one of many such events I do every year. My right to speak at a conference on media at a public university was conditioned on my pledge to never participate in my constitutional right to engage in peaceful political action. It is not just this particular conference, but my right to speak at any public university or similar event in the entire state has been taken away because I will not forfeit my constitutional rights by signing this pledge. My right to speak about any topic cannot be conditioned on throwing away my constitutional rights, and I shall not be made to submit to never be able to speak at a publicly funded institution in the state of Georgia. That's an absurd expectation. And I know there are countless more people just like me who either lose their right to free speech in the state or submit to forfeiting their constitutional rights. These rights are invaluable, and as an American citizen, an American people should not be willing to give them up I know that I am not. Second, separate from my professional life, in my personal life, I am politically active against issues of racism and injustice. This is of great moral importance to me. To be made to choose between my career that I have built my entire adult life around and my political convic convictions, which are of invaluable importance to me, and a right supposed to be protected by the US Constitution is an outrage and is unacceptable to me as an American citizen. I want to reiterate, situations of oppression, racism, injustice, and violations of international law that are funded by my tax dollars is something I care very deeply about. They are ideals that I've centered my entire life around. Like anyone 
who has deeply held moral or spiritual beliefs, I should not be expected to throw them away in order to simply work in the state of Georgia. Apart from my right to free speech, it was my right to peaceful protest, my right to boycott, and not just mine, but the constitutional rights of every independent contractor of all types who want to work in this state cannot be held with such disregard by the Georgia legal system. My aim here is to overturn these laws that violated my rights, the rights of likely thousands of contractors and that violate the US Constitution every single day. Thank you very much. Boycotts are fundamentally a protected free speech right. A political boycott is the ability of people to come together and come together and bring the power of a large group to send a political message to another entity that they are not going to buy or trade or use their services because they believe that that entity is participating in a violation of civil rights and human rights. And that's what's happening here. In 1956, Martin Luther King Jr. was convicted in Alabama because he was engaged in a political boycott uh, in defense and fighting against Jim Crow apartheid in the South. Throughout the South, states were enforcing anti-boycott laws against civil rights activists because they wanted to derail and to punish civil rights activism and the fight against Jim Crow apartheid. The court, the Supreme Court of the United States, eventually recognized and made clear that political boycotts, peaceful political boycotts, are protected political expression, and that no government, state government or federal government, has the right to tell people what they can or cannot say, and that they may or may not boycott. Yet here we are in 2020, and Abby Martin has been told by the state of Georgia that she must pass a political litmus test in order to be able to speak on a state college campus. That is extraordinary, that is outrageous, it is illegal, it is unconstitutional, and we intend to ensure that that illegal law is struck. And I think it's important, too, to put this in the context of what's happening, not just here, but around the United States. As Edward mentioned, there are anti-BDS boycott laws that have been introduced in legislature, legislatures or have been signed by executive order across the United States. And in each of these instances, you have the government, you have a state government, a governor, a legislature, putting their thumb on the scale of public debate. We have the right, as people in the United States under our First Amendment, to express ourselves, to say what we believe in, to fight for the justice that we believe must happen. And no government has the right to tell us that we cannot, let alone condition the ability to speak on a college campus, as happened to Abby Martin, on her signing away and surrendering these cherished fundamental rights to free speech. At the same time that Georgia has its anti-BDS law, notably, they have also passed a Campus Free Speech Act. The Campus Free Speech Acts are also being passed all across the United States, and they're being presented as if one side of the debate 
generally a right-wing side of the debate is being suppressed and there's a need for campus free speech laws to allow racists and fascists to speak on campus without objection by students. Georgia passed one of those laws, most of which are written by the Goldwater Institute, which is funded by ALEC. That law in Georgia says that it is unlawful to stop a speaker from expressing a point of view on campus, that students must have the ability to hear all different sides of the debate, that there is a necessity for students to be able to hear all issues, all thoughts, and yet at the same time, they had no problem telling Abby Martin that she couldn't speak on any topic, not just on BDS, which would also be illegal and unconstitutional. She's not allowed to speak at all because of her political beliefs about seeking justice for Palestinians. This is, as I said, illegal. It is unconstitutional. It is a law that cannot stand. And the combination of these two laws and how Georgia seeks to enforce them, I think also makes clear the political nature underlying what this state is trying to do. It's not about free speech. It is simply about controlling people's political beliefs and political expression. And they can't do it, and we're not going to let them do it. What is more American than boycotting? Uh, we learn about the famous boycotts that led up to the Revolutionary War. We learn about the boycotts that um, uh, fueled the Civil Rights Movement. We learn about the boycotts that helped dismantle apartheid in South Africa. Boycotts are very, very central to America's story. And here is an example of a backlash against the effectiveness of a BDS movement that has highlighted and has brought to the world's attention the plight of Palestinians, the suffering of Palestinians. And in the face of that effective activism, you have this national effort to use laws to suppress advocacy for Palestinian rights. This, this attempt at suppression won't work because here is an example of true American exceptionalism. It is truly exceptional, the free speech protections that America provides its citizens. It's truly unique in the world, the protections that each citizen has to say what's on their mind, to advocate for their political views, and to try to convince others to uh, agree with them. And here, the state of Georgia is on the wrong side of history. The state of Georgia has thrown its lot with the more than 25 other states that have legislated against the BDS movement. The more than 25 other states that have used their legal authority to suppress a particular point of view. And just as the laws in Texas, in Arizona, and Kansas were declared illegal by courts, we have confidence that the federal court in Atlanta will do the same here. The case is important to me as a lifelong activist for Palestinian rights and also just as a journalist whose life work revolves around speaking about my experiences on the ground, exposing these kinds of atrocities at public institutions like Georgia Southern. And so I think this case is really um, exemplifies what's wrong with the entire system at large when we are violating the constitutional rights of American citizens to not only have the right to peacefully 
engage in political activity, but also have the right to free speech on college campuses, which are supposed to be the beacon of free speech across the country. There's an effort around the country to go after these laws because they are really impacting people. People are being told that they have to choose between their First Amendment freedoms and their ability to work. So a number of cases have been brought uh, in different states to strike these laws, but not in Georgia yet. And the real question is going to be, if we end up with different decisions in different states, what, will this go to the Supreme Court? What will ultimately happen? I mean, it's clear to me and clear to anyone that actually looks at this law that it is just fundamentally unlawful to tell anyone what they can and cannot say. The government just may not do that. And yet, an entire state legislature happily passed this, even though it's so facially unsound. To begin with, this law would allow Abby to boycott the state of Georgia, but not the state of Israel, which is an absurd constitutional result that you could boycott the state that passed the law, the state that, you, that you're working in, but not this one foreign country. And the other, the other thing to really keep in mind is just how invasive this law is. When Abby goes to the grocery store and if she wants some hummus, she doesn't buy Sabra hummus. Well, this law, in enforcing her to certify that she's not boycotting Israel would invade that decision and compel her to buy Sabra Hummus. And so th this is an example of ideological legislation that does not really it takes seriously the consequences that it's looking to impose. You know, one thing to think about is like, think about what this law really means too, in terms of the breadth of it and the scope of it. Anyone that contracts with the state of Georgia to, to speak or engage in any activity or provide services or do anything in a public campus or public institution is required to surrender their First Amendment rights in order to do so. So does that mean, for example, that Roger Waters would never be allowed to use a public college stadium to perform at or Lord or anyone else? I mean, there are so many different people who support the BDS movement in many different ways, and all of them are subject to this. It applies not only to you choosing or Abby choosing to boycott, but it apply. It would apply to someone sharing a link about uh, an atrocity that Israel committed. It applies to someone going to a protest against, uh, uh, you know, the next war uh, against Palestinians. And so here is a situation where the purpose of the law is not necessarily to be enforced. The purpose of the law is to act as a deterrent, to act as a way of punishing people who are advocates for Palestine rights. Um, and in doing so, they're violating the First Amendment. Our ability to engage in First Amendment speech is always about our ability to make change and to make a difference. And when the government comes in and tells you, you can't speak, you can't express yourself in a particular way on a particular topic, it's viewpoint discrimination. And it's a civil rights issue specifically here with the BDS movement, because just in the same way that Dr. King and others were boycotting to stop Jim Crow apartheid in the South. The BDS movement is working to try and stop apartheid that is enforced on the Palestinians by the Israeli government with the support of the United States government. And that is a fundamental civil rights issue. It's a fundamental human rights issue. People have the right to live free. People have the right to self-determination. They have the right not to be treated like second-class citizens. They have the right not to be murdered by military forces. They have the right not to have their lands conquered. 
straight up a civil rights issue. It takes a remarkable amount of courage to stand up against um, uh, these types of laws and to inject oneself into um, the uh, Israel-Palestine uh, debates. And Abby makes it look easy because she's been doing it for so long. But in, in reality, these laws have affected thousands upon thousands of people and only a handful have ever stood up. And so what we've seen time and again is when one person stands up and fights back against these laws, it emboldens others who are affected by these same laws to do the same thing. Thank you for listening to our Empire Files podcast. Help keep us independent and ad-free at patreon.com slash empirefiles. And be sure to catch our newest episodes by subscribing to our YouTube channel.